This is Comic Picks by The Glick. And I'm your host, Jason Glick. How you doing, Jason Glick? I'm good, John. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. Just like I said, in the dog days of August, I'm waiting for September to appear. Because once we, once September is here, then, you know, it's like Labor Day, which is the last day of summer, blah, 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 all the way down to the end. And, Christ, you know, Halloween, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas. That's all I care about. Give me the Christmas. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see if we can oblige you then. All right, what do you got for us tonight? All right, well, tonight is um, going back to the uh, god of manga, Osamu Tezuka. Um, he's it's like he's been someone who um, you know, even though like, he he's um, he, he uh, kind of like predate he definitely predates a lot of the stuff that's pop- popular. Like, there's been a considered effort by several publishers to um, get his library um, out like out into the public. Uh, out into the public's hands, um, Dark Horse has done a couple couple volumes. They had there they did. It's like the, they're the ones who did Astro Boy. Um, Viz um, has she has Phoenix, and uh, it's like and Vertical Prime Money is where all the good stuff is at. That's they've got um, my personal favorite of his work, some um, Otakir Hito, along with um, MW, the uh, Message to Adolf reissue. It's like um, Book of Human Insects, Ayako. Um, Apollo song and all of Blackjack. Now, but um, since then, let's see. They've also got um, it's like the, they they don't have apparently like the the in to a Tezuka's library anymore. That belongs to um digital manga, and they've been doing um a series of Kickstarters over the years to um get um bring Tezuka to the um it's like to the uh, to the masses now. <laughs> It's kind of funny because I've it's like well um I understand that you know like kick, that Kickstarter is mainly used is that can be used as a clever tool to um you know f- either fund stuff that um wouldn't or wouldn't ordinarily get um like um get uh to get released otherwise or as kind of a um useful promotion promotional tool now it's like with um but the thing is with um digital manga well they've pretty been like exclusively um like releasing stuff through uh like through Kickstarter with the the exception being um swallow they're like swallowing the earth which actually got a Kickstarter reprint a couple like about a couple of years back. Um I guess I'm not sure where I was going with this, but um but the thing is um digital manga it's like despite having all the apparently like um exclusive access to a Tezuka stuff um, is kind of paid the price by re- arriving really late to the party here when all the good stuff has been um, picked over by um, all these other companies. And, you know, the Kickstarter stuff kind of bears this out. I will say that um, I've written... Now, I'm, I'm saying this after I've contributed um, to just about all of their Kickstarters. You know, the exceptions being their, um, their one they wanted... One time they wanted 300000 bucks to release, um, like, some 30-odd volumes of his... Work which I thought, oh no, that's just way too rich for my blood. And the uh, Wonder Three um, book, which I just looked at and thought, nah. But um, other stuff I've they've released. Um, let's see, let's see, um, Barbara, um, Unico, let's see, and Triton. It's like I've written about briefly on the site, and you know, like like I said, Barbara's was kind of interesting. Um, Triton and um. Unico weren't bad for being, um, you know, from his, like from his earlier period. Because that's that's the thing about Tezuka. Tezuka kind of has two periods. There's his early early work, which um, which is um very kid friendly, 
and where and it's, it's where where Astroboy co- comes from. It's like that stuff hasn't really aged all that well over the year, years. I mean, it's like it's, it's some of it's like some of it can work decently well as allegory, but yeah, he's it's, he's just peddling for to the kiddies here. Um, his latter day stuff, um, which is where um, Blackjack and um, Ode to Kirihito um, hail from. Well, yeah, there's the ravages of time have also um, weathered them as well, but at the same time, there's a there's a tr- there's still an emotional truth to a lot of a lot of what he's saying here. It's like and the sophistication to the storytelling, like that that helps that's helped to age do- it's like age over like age pretty better than most over the years. The stuff that um that digital mangas like um kickstarters that I've I've let um slide by the like um slide over the last um couple of years. Well, kind of a mixed bag from both ends. I'll start with um Captain Ken, a, a shonen action series about it's like that's basically like a western on Mars. Why on Mars? Well, you know, because oh, kids kids love science fiction. I mean, God knows I would have um read the shit out of a uh out of a western on Mars, and it's and it does and it offers a and it, um, definitely brings in a lot of um, standard Western tropes. You got the um, mis- um, mysterious gunslinger um, Ken with a with a past and a robot horse that has a lot of um, cool features. It's like the um, it's like noble landowners who are who are trying to um, hold their own against the evil. It's like a mayor of the town who want wants their land. The um, the indigenous like the indigenous peoples. Well, in this case, um, Martians, like you know, kind of like um, sectoid like creatures, humanoid and sectoid like creatures with um. It's like with antenna that um, have been basically been um, you know been screwed over by the like by the humans in their it's like in the it's like in their ambitions and you know it's like it's it's like and it's been um, it, these two volumes I mean thing about Tezuka is it's all all this um, stuff is a dense is a nice dense read so it's not something you're going to go and just burn through it's like in this like in the space of the afternoon or or lunch hour as it is for me um, it's like Ken is a uh, is a is a decently entertaining run through we- like familiar Western tropes that um like the benefits from like from Tezuka's energy it's like and also like and all and like the and they uh you know it's like and a nice little message about you know be about um it's about the uh, the pro- the, pol- the um the problems with r- problems with racial racial tensions as it's like as humans and the al- aliens it's like just cannot can't come to come to terms. It's like after all the stuff they've inflicted on each other, it's like it's not bad. It's like I said, it's still pitched um, pitched towards a um, young younger audience. Though I will give um, Tezuka credit for um, keeping from it for um, not going the obvious direction with um, it's like with Ken's with Ken's origin. While it's, while he's um, shr- it's shredded in mystery for the most part. Um, it's like the the eventual um, it's like he managed a nice. Like a nice twist in the sense that the obvious, um, like, uh, um, solution that um, Ken was actually one of the other characters we've seen in the story in disguise turns out to be well much more appropriate for the uh, science fiction science fiction genre. Um, next up is Storm Fairy, which is a uh, which is um, not a science fiction tale, but all but a uh, like but a fantasy set in feudal Japan involving a. It's like involving a fair, a, um, a like a noble family who, it's like, like who, um, who, where the mother was, um, like, let's see, the, the sorry, the, uh, it's like the family was um, forced out during a, it's like during a battle, and they, 
like, and as the mother is um like so scared that hu- husband's going to perish in the attack, she makes a deal with the with an evil wood fairy that uh, oh, it's like we'll we'll go and it's like um we'll go and uh, like I'll save your make sure your husband comes back alive, but you have to promise me promise me that um your daughter will switch faces with my daughter when she's born because apparently all fairies um in the story are ugly, and so that ha- that happens and the uh, the fairy um. Let's see. Not only uh, let's see. Not only goes um goes on to be um like a beautiful fairy thanks to the face she got. She also turns out to be a very good and kind-hearted fairy as well. While the princess um has to um, wear a special mask to like to hide her um ugly features from, from the world. Now there's a lot a lot of action in this. It's like in the story. And it's after the um the princess princess the princess is um she she's kidnapped and um. And um, is replaced by an e- by an evil lord and his ambitious ambitious daughter. meets She meets up with a um, wandering with a handsome wandering swordsman. And the fairy also um get um goes to the goes to the castle and winds up getting involved in all this intrigue as well. It's like it's I don't know. It's like it's not it's not bad, but it's like it's just. Uh, I mean, I pre- I appreciate the fact the fact that Tezuka keeps things going at a fast pace so that um we're not. So we're not constantly like I'm dwelling on like you know how how simple the overall the overall plot is. I mean, the most memorable part of this for me was at the very end when, well, let's just say that um God shows up and makes everything right with the world. Why? Um, well, because he can. That's why. That's see that that's like the most most distinctive part about this story. And then you've get and but the thing is like Storm Fury is actually three stories collected in one volume. Next is called the Kokeshi Detective Agency, but a um, little girl who is um, fearless, kind of like um, Daredevil, only like um, she can she can see and she doesn't um, wear um, red leather when she go when she goes on in her crime fighting exploits. It's that kind of a Scooby Doo um, type type feel in the sense as she um, solves these um, like you know, that quasi supernatural stories. It's like Anna. It's like along with her um, brother who um, is like well she she is not. Well, she feels no fear. Um, he he does a good job of scaring himself more than it's like more than anything else. It's like it's a fu- it's a fun little story. It kind of feels like this is something that um, Tezuka may have had um, bigger ambitions for for this. Like if you like, it really reads like a um, pilot for an on- ongoing series. Um, well, that it, that it, that we didn't get more of this is no great loss, but yeah, I I could see um there's there's worse things that um. I've seen gone on from gone from their or, origin stories. Um, last up in this volume is um, Pink Angel, story of a um, anthropomorphic cloud, and um, you know it's like after the other stories, it's like in here, it's like it's um, I don't know, it's like it just kind of feels like feels like more of this, it's like more of the same as this, you get this cloud running from this from the evil storm cloud and whatnot, and. I don't know. It's like it's not, not bad, not terrible, kind of meh overall. Yeah. Um, then we've got uh, something that I may not have been inclined to contribute to if I had been paying more attention to it. To it because this would be um Lud- Ludwig B. Basically, um Tezuka's um take on let's say on the story of it's like of of um Ludwig von Beethoven, and it's like well that. May seem kind of weird uh, having a, a Japanese creator take on the story of a ger- German pi- 
pianist from the uh, 1700s, 16 or 1700s, I can't remember, but um, he probably, no, 1800s, my bad. Um, or no, late 1700s. God damn it! It's like I just remember. I just reread this today, and it's like remember, it's like oh, they're talking about the French Revolution. Okay. Anyway, getting back on point, um, Ludwig Ludwig B is the uh, most recent um, story the digital manga has republished because it, it actually um, um, it actually hail, hails um, Tezuka was working on this right up to his death in February of um, ni- 1989, and it's like and true to true to form with his it's like with his um latter day works it's like there is a like it does um have more more sophistication to the storytelling even if it does you know allow for the like the little um little slapstick like slapstick aside sides and um just like weird fights of fancy as he even does has one one scene in the second in the second volume um recorded as if it was on as if it was on some kind of homemade ca- camera in the 1700s but it's but it's also um but it also has an interesting morality um tale here is it as it tells not only the story of um Be- beethoven portrayed here is mainly a, it's like a very very stern very self-serious kid determined to determined to succeed it's like and i'm um, not and not not sell his soul to the like to the nobles he, um at the urgency urging of his father who who um maintains who at least sticks to that gun, even as he um, fails all others as, unhap- as a hapless, irredeemable drunk. But also key to the story is the, uh, let's, see, let's see, is that of, um, let's see, let's see, was it Franz? Yeah. Yeah, Franz, who were introduced to the story at, 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 at his birth as a, uh, as a peacock named Ludwig, um, like squawks um, at his, near his mother one day and sends her into early labor. Um, while um, Franz survives, um, the mother dies of the shock of going into it's like, in, it's like into early labor. Then, um, and also through some through some strange strange quirk, um, like Franz also inherited the uh, it's like the peacock's um, ghastly cry whenever he it's like whenever he left, and that. Not only um, infuriates his father to no end, so it also make it also causes him to be somewhat of a social outcast as well. Especially when um, it's like one of the one of the uh, lo- local kids um, taunts him by saying that he that his mother that his mother was pecked to death by a peacock, and um, Franz like challenges this kid to a duel. Kid pranks him, and Franz, feeling humiliated at this, um, runs and stabs the kid in the back. Beginning a lifetime of bad, it's like of bad luck. That's going because you know it's like even though it's like you can you feel bad for for Franz in the sense that he's yeah, the cards are stacked stacked against him like from birth really. But he's but he's also um the kind who will always try and take the e- the easy way out. Whether it's um stabbing stabbing the kid in the back or trying to shoot one of his um. Uh, one of the uh, leaders in his cavalry, cavalry after um, gets admitted to this order to try and redeem his honor, it's like or even or it's if it's even trying to bring um like um Ludwig because that's the thing he like like um, Franz is just furious at people and characters named Ludwig because that's the same name of the peacock that killed his mother and set his life on this track. 
it's like he also tries to um you know like torment Ludwig as well. It turns out that we find that um I'm sure this is pure historical invention, but um t- but Tezuka also has um um, Franz be the person responsible for um, for um, for um, Beethoven's um, hearing loss as well. I'm I'm probably making this sound like this is more um, Fra- um Franz's story than um Ludwig's, but no, it's like that um the composer gets so it does get a substantial amount of time here, and it's like and it's interesting seeing the uh, seeing him grow from like like a, it's like a, from a, from a child like from a child pianist into to a teenager who has just genuine talent, and and Tezuka also manages some nice um, visual montages to um to um to stand in for the uh, for the creator's um, more notable works. It's like it's a it's like what what's these two volumes are it's like are great, and I have no problem recommending them to any fan of the creator, but for one thing, you may have mentioned that um you may remember that I was. Said that um, Tezuka is working on this all the way up to his death. Well, yeah, um, it's not done. These two volumes, all there is, and it ends not really on a giant cliffhanger, but just on a uh, well, man, that kind of just kind of sucks. That there's not going to be any more of this. That's that's my main problem with it. So yeah, it's like I'm not sure I would have contributed if I. Realize that we were getting an incomplete work. In fact, it's like it just seems kind of mean or like short-sighted that um, digital manga would like foist something in- incomplete like this on on us. I mean, yeah, it's like I'm sure that they feel that hey, like this is great, and yeah, what's here is good, but it's also you know not the whole not the whole thing. So, like I said, pro- definitely worth it for completists, um, casual fans. You're better working off. I'm um, looking at some someplace else, something like uh, Clockwork Apple, which is a um, anthology of shorts from, like from Tezuka's later years, that hit that that um, hit a nice variety of um, I think of um, of um, Twilight Zone style stories, such as a uh, like a, like a Nazi, it's like a Nazi lieutenant who um thinks he's thinks he's found a way to escape his escape his um, execution through like through a before the grants. Grants people incredible speed, but to find out there's, a, there's an awful catch to it as well. Or it's like then you've got the story of a, uh, of a human and an android. It's like um, it's like living on it's like living on Titan, who it's like who event eventually um, confess their love for each other, only to have um fate intervene. It's like and deliver like both some really bad bad luck for them, and some hope in at, in the end. And then there's on um, the title story, a Clockwork Apple, which has kind of a um, body snatchers type, conspiracy type feel to it, as a uh, it's like as an office worker, um, someone's onto a conspiracy in his, it's like in his town. Let's see, and then there's also the um, like the um, all the um, ultimately comic and thrilling um, night on the bypass that has a uh, that has um. Like, like a business, um, or a guy getting a, a ride from a taxi driver, and um, telling the taxi driver that he's that that he's a hardcore criminal. Um, it's like, and um, tries to tries to um, make sure the ta- taxi driver does whatever he says, until the taxi driver um, like counters this with um, with an incredible story of his of his own that basically suggests that you know he's not entirely stable. And well, who's telling the truth? Well. Maybe they 
maybe they both are, or maybe they're both lying. It's like it's it's like it's it's a fun it's a fun story. I mean, all of the stories here it's like are generally pretty good. And like I said, if you like the uh, whole like Twilight Zone style of like you know um, science fiction stories with morals and twists endings, then um, yeah, you'll get a you'll get a kick out of this one. Um, of the ones I'm talking about here, Clockwork Apple is probably the most consistently consistently good of them. Now, I mean that that realize that doesn't bode well for um, the next thing, um, Crime and Punishment, which yes, it's Suzuka adapting the uh, Russian Russian novel of the same name. Um, it was an add-on for one of the for one of these um, um, back backers. I think one of these projects. I think it was for Storm Fairy. But um, for years, I had heard um, that. Um, oh, hey, Tezuka. He he also did a uh, adaptation of Crime and Punishment, which you know, it's just like kind of like well, weird. You know, in the sense that you think a uh, like, well, why would a Japanese um, manga creator adapt this um, Russian novel? Well, see, as it turns out, um, like there was a, let's see, there was a kind of a, see, there was kind of a uh, fa- phase in, it's like in the early, in um, the fifties where adapting classic manga was kind of in vogue, and um, Tezuka apparently had this um, adaptation of Crime and Punishment um, like in the offing, and so he decided to finish it up for this. Um, having not read the original. Um, I can say that I appreciate the uh, the visual style Tezuka brings to the story, especially the especially the point where the protagonist, um, you know, like slips in and um, like to, I, to, um, commit commit the murder of the uh, pawn shop owner, but also it, and how it's done like through um, through a series of unchanging panels over it's like it's like over about a dozen pages. It's like it's it's like it's um pretty. It's like it's pretty impressive to see, but it's like it's this visual um, panache that um, really that's that really um, gives the story any meaning. As it is, it's kind of it's it feels kind of blah and really doesn't make me want to go and check out the uh, it's like the original work. Yeah, it's like that sounds kind of half-assed. Um, I can't say it. The uh, manga like the manga really inspired me um, to uh, like to say anything more sophisticated about it. It was just you know that good. But oh man, this final one. You know, when you're telling me you've got a story about a uh, hit about a villain with translucent skin designed to make the uh, world world an ugly place, like from from Tezuka, I thought, hell yeah, go ahead and bring bring it on. But you know, if Tezuka were alive today, well, he probably wouldn't want you to because. And the best and worst thing about this um, this manga, well, Tezuka admits that that this this series kind of crap, and that's all right because Alabaster two volume series that um, begins on a really it's like it's like fascinating um, and electrifying racial note as we're introduced to, this, to the character of Alabaster, like he's a guy with translucent skin, it's like who's a uh, it's like a ruthless killer, but before that, it's like he was um he was really an African American athlete who was like number who like who's a uh, who's like um number one in all the all the sports he like he tried, but um well it's like then one day um he fi- like he meets this white girl falls in love falls in love with her, and um then the only to find out that um she was just to- toying with him because she could never um it's like I'm um, falling in love with someone with black skin. And 
well, it's like he, it's like, and what's like after he um, assaults her, it's like, and make, makes a run for it. Well, it's like, and um, a couple of people die in the process. Well, then he's just kind of railroaded. Um, it's like on, it's like in, it's like into the justice, in, like into a prison, into a prison sentence. So, so he got this character who's like feeling completely um. Like who's angry at the world, but also angry at the color of his skin because of how this happened. And um, well, he meets this um, um, scientist in prison who apparently had created this thing like ray that turns people invisible. Well, it's like as it is. It's like it's like after he got after um, it's like after the after um Alabaster or James Block as he's originally known gets back on the streets, he uh, uses it. He, he um, it's like he uses the um scientist invention and um. While the pain prevents him from, like, from fully, from fully transforming, um, like he's, he's eventually, um, he loses his quote unquote cursed skin, and turns into the um, translucent monstrosity that we come to know as, it's like as Alabaster, like, and um, the first I said, it's, it's a really um, like fascinating perspective on rate, it's like, it's like on racial tension from the Jap- from a Japanese perspective. But if you're expecting any of that thought to carry over to the rest of the volume, rest and volume two, well, no. It's like get like we find out that Alabaster has become a becomes a crime lord, and he also um once recruiting this one girl who also was um who managed to be who through um experimentation by the scientist was also um turned it's like like um turned fully invisible. So so this a lot of this. A lot of the story, like basically, falls on Alabaster's criminal schemes and the girl, um, Ami, as she uh, um, pl- plays into them, as well as um, her, like, the efforts of her of her family and the uh, boys she um, the boys she meets to try and uh, either like help her help her help her see the error of her ways, even as she you know eventually tries to uh, you know, like help Alabaster's um, scheme turn to um, turn the world as as ugly as he is. It's it's basically just like you know like complete um like ridiculous. Uh, imagine the more ridiculous um Bond movie stuff, and you've got a pretty good idea of how how Alabaster um plays out over the rest rest of its run. It's like it's just I mean it's like a lot a lot of it's just um just pretty pretty ridiculous. The character characters are kind of characters kind of strange, and not really likable. It's like and like you know everyone looking for a, a nice dark Tezuka story. Well. You're better off going with um, MW from Vertical. Um, now, why I say the now the best and worst part about this this um, the series, well, Tezuka contributes an afterword um, that that he talks about how how um, the only reason this series um, was collected in the first place was because they're putting together a uh, like a um, complete works um, on the line of his in, in Japan, and uh, and he also basically says that um, well why why was I reluctant to publish this? Well, there's there's many reasons for this. It wasn't popular, it was canceled early, and even I think it's bad. Or, I hate the, per- the protagonist's personality. It's like, it's, yeah, basically, um, he just um, felt, it's like, he, he just didn't, he wrote this during one of his um, periods of um, manic manic darkness, and um, it's like, and after, after um, coming out the other side, he realized that man, this is just no good, and it's well. It's really refreshing to hear the uh, like cure creator express such candor and honesty toward 
towards their work. You look at this and think, well, why the fuck didn't anyone at um, Digital Manga um, look at this and go, well, you know, if Tezuka didn't want this, was kind of like having second thoughts about having this um, be um, re- republished, well, why the hell did you even bother with it? I mean, is this um, like like the best we can expect from like like from all the other Tezuka works you've got access to? And that kind of um, leads me full circle here in the sense that, you know, it's like, I, well, I appreciate digital manga. I'm trying to keep the um, Tezuka flame alive. Um, it really does seem like, like based on their output so far, that um, that uh, vertical, that vertical particularly, as well as um, Viz and to a lesser extent Dark Horse, um, did bring over a lot of the wor- most worthwhile stuff from like um, from the master. So I don't know. It's like I'd be. Um, I guess I'd be kind of concerned about seeing um, like fu- future um, t- um, Tezuka works from from the publisher. But at the same time, though, kind of it is kind of disappointing they haven't been able to uh, you know build enough of an audience for the works they've published that they have to keep relying on Kickstarter. Like I'm um, this. Uh, sorry, I'm vertical. <laughs> Excuse me. Vertical managed to. Um, like have a nice long run of like of his works. Most and in thought, in all, not all of them were like were fantastic. They were at least all it's like all worth reading. Um, but it's like but with um, but with uh, digital manga's deep dive into his library, um, it really does feel like like the best we can expect from like from the god of manga um in English at this point is just really deep unevenness. So, I'd like that to not be the case, but they've been really quiet um, over the last couple months about um, future projects. So, whether or not, so when or even if we'll see a, like a new um, um, Tezuka work from Digital Manga, who could say? But maybe just you want to be just a little cautious, unless you're like me. It's like and just said, "Ooh, I want all the shiny stuff that um, they publish. They give to backers at certain tiers." Like in the Kickstarters, or you know, to have your name in the book as well, which I'll admit is nice too. Okay, John, um, any thoughts on your end about all this? None really, but it's interesting. Fair um, enough. The uh, particularly, um, what was it? Um, the anthology uh, series you were talking about—that that, that's always fascinating, yeah. you know. And and for you know readers. Um, uh, you know, uh, there have been, you know, Stephen King has done anthologies and short stories as well, you know, and even, you know, and, the, you know, along the lines of Twilight Zone, um, you know, uh, where it's not really loose. Uh, Rumika Takahashi also made an anime series that was just, it was actually called Rumiko Takahashi's Anthology, and they were, they were uh, non-connected stories, if you remember. Hmm? Yeah, it's called Rumic Theater. Rumic Theater, yeah, that was it. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's always interesting, you know, and especially, you know, if you just want to, one of the reasons why I do like anthology stories is they tend to be quick reads. Short short stories are actually really, uh, really good. Even, you know, manga format, it doesn't matter what form. Um, one of the more popular ones that most people don't realize is a short story is uh, I Am Legend. It's actually a short story. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, anyway, uh, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, what do you have in store for us next time? That's a good question. I'm kind of stumped right now. So, um, I've, 
it's like, so I guess um, I'll be as surprised as you for whatever I do next time. Sounds like a plan. All right. My plan is I have no plan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. And we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Click. Laters. All right.